This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Monday, everybody, and yeah, it is a good Monday, isn't it? Welcome to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive at the headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep, it's a good Monday. The Saints winners yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, beating division rival Carolina 41-38 to in what proved to be another thriller. Uh, the Saints, they have this propensity for playing these tight, high-scoring games, uh, but they've won two now in a row. And now get ready to go on the road to Kansas City. But a lot of fun at the Superdome yesterday. I hope that everybody had a good time. Whether you were at the game or you watched the game or listened to the game somewhere else, uh, all in all, Mondays are always better, aren't they, after a Saints win. We're going to talk a lot about the uh, win uh, coming up with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. He'll give us all of his thoughts, as he's apt to do on Mondays. Here in just a moment, we'll hear from head coach Sean Payton, who had a conference call with the media on this Monday morning. And the Pelicans are uh, off to uh, Atlanta later today. They had practice this morning. We'll talk a little Pelicans basketball with point guard Tim Frazier. I haven't had a chance to talk to Tim since the team returned from China, and this is a big final week, basically, of the preseason and training camp before the uh, regular season starts on the 26th. So a game tomorrow night against the Atlanta Hawks, and then on Thursday uh, at the Orlando Magic. So, uh, John DeShazer coming up here in just a moment from NewOrleansSaints.com. Tim Frazier, and uh, here now uh, a segment of this morning's media teleconference conference call with Saints head coach Sean Payton following the Saints' second win of the season. What did you think of the pass rush when you looked at the tape? Well, we had some good moments, uh, and yet there's some times where the, the challenge with Cam is trying to keep him in the pocket when he extends plays. It becomes a lot more difficult. Um, you know, I thought Cam uh, re- r- rushed the passer pretty well. Anyamata had some decent snaps. Um, you know, like Kruger, we were one short defensive end, but uh, I thought the ball was coming out fairly quick. I thought we had our moments. Uh, obviously, in the second half, uh, there were a lot more yards given up. John, you guys have had a lot more quarterback hits and, and passes defense the past two games compared to the 0-3 start. How much do key plays like that help even when you're giving up points and yards? Yeah, there's an attrition. I know that uh, in regards to the quarterback. Um, you know, you get a pass that's thrown quicker than it needs to be because the, there's a clock in the quarterback's head that begins to change, and, and that's every one of them. You know, the great ones, all the, you know, you can't help but be affected when when you're getting hurried or hustled or or hit, and I think that um, in turn maybe the accuracy there's some balls that that go high or come out earlier. Anytime you have to throw it earlier than later, um, you know your uh, your percentage of completions generally drops a little bit unless it's an intended three step you know or quick throw. Um, but I, I would say uh, look, there's that that common theme of the rush and and pass defense and and they go hand in hand Sean when you have an injuries along the offensive line how much does it help to have guys like Lolito and Tony Hills guys who have been in the program and, and started games well you you, you want to have some guys obviously with experience one of one of the hard things 
during the NFL season is when you're when you're getting X amount of reps during the week to prepare for a game. Um, you know, unless you're a veteran player like Ajari or Zach, or I mean, because we'll we'll spot rest some of those guys or get them some snaps away, but it's it's hard for for backup players necessarily in positions like that, different than in the secondary where they're going to be playing a few packages, but it's hard to get snaps to players that may be playing in a backup role because there, there's only so many things you're wanting to look look at. And, and a guy like Andrus might take you know every snap or a good majority of the snaps. So you got to be able to come in and function. The point I'm getting at, you have to oftentimes come in and function without the practice week uh, that you normally would like to have if you knew you were playing. I take it safe hey, Special, I Say that again. Lampin. I take it Jake Lampin showed you on special teams uh, what he had been doing in practice. Man, he had, a, he had a real good day. He had a real good day. Um, I think the early impressions with, with Jake were well back in training camp was he was someone that could run and, and played physical, um, and he was able to do that yesterday. Coach, good morning. You had mentioned last week that, um, that you were hoping to potentially get Delvin Bro back before the midpoint of the season. I know you had mentioned last week also that Sheldon Rankings could potentially return this week. Is, is Bro still on the same timetable potentially to return this week? Yeah, we'll keep you posted. You know, uh, we handle it day to day, week to week. Um, those guys are working hard. Hey, Sean, it's Brett here. How, how would you uh, describe? your level of optimism about how things have gone lately and looking forward. Um, would it be cautious optimism on bridles or somewhere in between? So I got cautious, unbridled, or somewhere in between. Are those my choices? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm really trying to leave a wide no, open. No, I, I think it's a fair question. I, look, I think one of the challenges with a younger team early when you hit you hit some adversity or you lose some close games is uh is the belief that man uh, we just got to finish we got to be a little bit better a little bit more thorough as coaches we've got to be a little bit more thorough and that's that's this league and and you know we talk about understanding that most of these games throughout the course of the weekend that, that unfold or coming down to a, a drive last night, shoot Sunday night's game, you know, leads evaporate quickly if you're not careful. And, uh, and so I think that firsthand experience now, those, those reps that they're getting and, and also the game experience is um, hopefully uh, helping them develop, but, it's it's hard as a as a head coach <clears throat> back to optimism pessimism you know I I kind of think forward or think at least in regards to a glass half full and and yet um, all the way up till an hour before the game you're thinking about hey have I covered have I you know gone through the things that need to be discussed is there something um, that that we haven't covered enough and and that's our jobs so. Um, but it is a very short-term, week-to-week process as opposed to a bigger picture. And, and, you know, we said this, you know, a few weeks ago here, heading into a stretch where 
these are these are good football teams. When you look at Carolina, Kansas City this week, you know Seattle, and I mean it. Uh, that's our league. All right, so that's the latest from Coach. Uh, the team will go uh, uh, through some film today, of course. Tomorrow's the off day, and then Wednesday, uh, the uh, Kansas City preparation begins in earnest with the team back on the practice field. Our Monday visit with John DeShazer in just a moment. Tim Frazier after that. So glad you're with us here on the Black and Blue Report. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 plan presented by Domino's guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one-topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. John DeShazer has just stepped into Studio B for his uh, Monday morning recap. And, uh, John, we haven't had many, but we have a winning Monday to talk about. You know, I say that. I'm being a little, I'm being a little, you know, jack leg, aren't I, by saying like that. We've had two in a row now. No, I mean... Hey, the truth is the truth. Um, three straight losses followed by two straight wins. So, yeah, hey, the losses still outweigh the wins. Either way you look at it, it's still two and three in the standings. So, you know, there hadn't been a whole lot of winning Mondays, hadn't been enough of them, or hadn't been as many as we had hoped there would be by now. So, hey, that ain't that ain't jack-legging around. That's just true. Yeah, no doubt. All right, love it. And uh, both Peyton and Breeze yesterday talked about a win is a win is a win, and you backed it up on the Saints postgame show by Verizon yesterday. Uh, it's the one loss column that counts most. Saints are now 2-3, and three, sitting a game and a half back of the division lead after that crazy finish in Seattle yesterday uh, for the Falcons. But here are the Saints winners yesterday, 41-38, to 38 in what was a thriller again at the Superdome. I just think this: these are the games that the Saints are going to be in this year. Um, three points one way or the other. Um, probably high scoring, especially at home. And, and it just seems like that's going to be the way it's going to be this season. They're going to be tight games. And uh, unfortunately, you know, there aren't a lot of uh, dominant teams in the NFL, period. I mean, I guess you can look at, you know, maybe Dallas by the one loss record, maybe New England and, 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 you know, maybe a couple others. I thought Pittsburgh might be one of those teams, and then they took it on the chin yesterday. So, But the Saints are obviously going to be one of those teams and uh, you've heard Coach Payton and Drew Brees talk about it, you know, repeatedly. And guys in the locker room, look, you know, the the, the margin for error is small. 
And, um, and, you know, but for the fact, you know, I look back at it yesterday and I'm trying to, you know, think of, you know, all the big plays, all the big plays, all the big plays, and a play that gets buried, Sterling Moore's pick in the end zone turns out to be huge because he takes points directly away from Carolina. Yes. <laughs> and in a game that turns out 41-38, the Saints need every possible stop they can get. It looked like it was going to be a runaway for a while. But, you know, Carolina led the league in scoring last year. And that's one of the things that you forget because they've struggled some at the beginning of the season. And now they're 1-5 and five and they played some tight games against some, some pretty good teams, as it, as it turns out, looks like. And yet, you know, they're a team that, you know, you know they can score because they did it last year and they've got the core of those guys back and they added Kelvin Benjamin. And the Saints uh, are a team that we know can score in bunches, especially at home. That's something they've got to be able to translate to the road. And I know the road formula, you know, kind of changes a little bit. You kind of want to keep it a little closer to the vest. But they've got to be able to score a little bit better on the road and uh, and, and hopefully, you know, get some better results. I know they played, you know, obviously tight at the Giants. Then it got a little bit high scoring in San Diego. But the offense has struggled. The offense struggled pretty good against San Diego until the until the defense gives them a couple of turnovers down deep in San Diego territory. Otherwise, that would have been a low-scoring game for the offense. But, uh, but yeah, that thing at the Superdome yesterday, it it escalated quickly, yes. I believe is what they would <laughs> yes. call it. And uh, and before you knew it, you know, it was it got to be one of those, you know, last team with the ball wins. And that's basically what it, what it came down to. Four of your five games have been decided by one possession or less. So you are – a whisker away from four and two, yeah, <laughs> one and four, and look, and two think and about three, it, the, all of it. Think I mean. about it. the Atlanta game. The Falcons get a pick six, and they get the the botched uh, punt, punt where where you know uh, Tommy Lee yeah. Lewis is run into by Devontae Harris, and the Falcons recover that. So that's a four. So you know now, of course, you can't take it off the scoreboard. But I mean, all of a sudden, that game's a lot closer if that doesn't happen. So that's. Going to be the way the Saints are probably going to play this year. You know what else got buried a little bit yesterday? Sean Payton's challenges on two calls. One was the Kelvin Benjamin diving catch-no-catch that would have set up Carolina at the Saints' 15-yard line. Yep. And then, obviously, the Josh Hill touchdown. I mean, those two plays right there. Look, you could go down a a grocery list of pivotal moments yesterday. But you mentioned the interception in the end zone by Moore, the two challenges. Gosh, and that's and that's just just that's just one section of the uh, the legal <laughs> uh, the legal size pad that we could use for today's game. Yeah, well, the Kelvin Benjamin one was a, a really good one, as it turns out, because you know, as you heard in Coach Payton's post game, um, the replay was not forthcoming immediately. So they had to make a decision on that one. You know, okay, are we going to challenge this thing because you know we got to get the because Carolina's running up to the line. They're trying to run it as fast as possible. The refs have called it a catch. And you don't think it's a catch, but you can't really – you don't really have the definitive evidence quite yet. So he's got to make that challenge and say, okay, we don't think that's a good catch. And they get out on that one. Josh Hill, fortunately, it's the Saints ball, so they can kind of mosey around a little bit, <laughs> eat up a little time, wait for the replays to come and say, hey, we think he got that one. At first, uh, at naked eye, I didn't think he had it because he, he and the defender were wrestling around on the ground. Ball squirts out. And, you know, the refs, they want you to be able – you know, they want you to catch it you know, get possession, get down, you know, basically get up and do and do the mumbo with it before they'll call it a touchdown. Well, this one looked a little bang, bang, and then you look at the replay, and it's like, no, he's got it. He's on his back. It's in his hands. And then the defender reaches in and, and knocks it out. So they had a chance to slow it down and get that one. But, yeah, two two pivotal challenges 
that basically end up resulting in points for the Saints. Now, the Josh Hill one, you know, it was going to probably be points anyway. It was They were going to get, you know, extended possession because that's the personal foul when Drew Brees got hit in the mouth, so they're going to have a fresh set of downs. But the Kelvin Benjamin one, again, becomes huge because Carolina's in position to score. And those, those are points that don't go on the board for the Panthers. Seven of the last 11 meetings between these two teams now, I think, have been decided by eight points or less. The Saints were plus one in the turnover margin. They were minus seven overall in their last 15 home games. They were 4-11 and 11 in that stretch, by the way. So a lot of things kind of turned toward that upward trajectory that Drew Brees keeps talking about. And, John, it's never going to get old for me, and I'm sure for most Saints fans, to talk about how good Drew Brees was on Sunday afternoon. Well, I hate to address what I call, you know, idiocy. But when you hear people say, you know, now's the time to trade Drew Brees or Drew Brees is declining or those kinds of things, and you try to get people to understand, you know, you point to Sunday and say this is why you, when you got a guy like that, you hold on to him until the wheels come off, okay? Because these guys don't come around every day. If that was the case, every team in the NFL would have one. <laughs> so there are only what, four or five of them, maybe. So when you've got one of those guys, he gives you a chance to win every week. And that can't be discounted in a league where the margin of error right now is, is, is razor thin for most teams. So that guy can be the difference between you winning and you losing. And you got to hold on to him because he always gives you a chance. So when he throws for 465 yards and four touchdowns, you know, and he's averaging more than 400 yards per game in the home games. And I think he's now at an 11-2 to two touchdown to interception ratio in his home games this season. That it screams, you know, franchise quarterback, and that's why you have these guys. Again, if it was easy, everybody would have one. You know, that's why, you know, you see Miami, you know, you know fans – you know, moaning and groaning about Ryan Tannehill, you know, and you see Cleveland looking for a quarterback again. And you see, you know, teams just struggling to find that guy. When you've got that guy, you hold on to him. Yeah, no, no doubt. 57 straight games now at home with a, a touchdown. That's an NFL record. Uh, also, uh, 15 now 400-yard passing days. That's also now a new NFL record. Uh, he eclipsed 50,000 yards for his career as a saint yesterday, on and on and on and on. You mentioned Sterling Moore's interception yesterday. What about B.W. Webb? I, I can remember at least two big pass breakups that he had yesterday. He had three, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, he had two on on back-to-back plays. Uh, um, in the first half. Yeah, yep. in the first half, uh, which really turned out to be big, and then he got to end up with another one. And, again, we're talking about a guy who wasn't even in the building a month and a half ago, B.W. Webb. He and Sterling Moore, two guys who weren't even in the building a month and a half ago, and now uh, Sterling Moore is starting. And couldn't finish yesterday, I don't yeah, think. Couldn't right? finish, yeah. But but you know, when the time comes, you know, how do you take him off the field? And B.W. Webb playing himself into a more and more prominent role as the season goes along ends up with the game ceiling interception against San Diego, uh, the three PBUs yesterday, and played really well. And um, you know. You always say, you know, you know, a lot of times you say, okay, well, there's a reason the guy was on the street. You know, there's a reason the guy wasn't playing. 
Well, fortunately for the Saints in this case, you know, those two guys were on the street and they were able to get them because they've turned out to be huge in the secondary. You know, Saints aren't playing as well defensively as they hope across the board. Um, when a team scores 38, you know, you ain't going to be a whole, you ain't going to be, you know, overjoyed defensively. And yet, you know, they've uncovered a couple of guys that you've got to like the way they played. Kasim Adabali showed really well during training camp. I think you and I both were in agreement that he was taking a, a step, a big one at that, and then all of a sudden kind of disappears. Did he play? Did he return yesterday to what we saw in preseason? Did he show well for a Saints defense that seemed to have a better job or a better time of putting pressure on a quarterback? I thought he was fantastic. Okay. And 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 if if look if if Paul Kruger doesn't come in, if he doesn't get cut late by Cleveland and the Saints don't pick him up, Kasim Metabali is going to be starting that right defensive end because he had played his way into that position. Paul Kruger comes in, then he becomes a rotational guy. But you can see what he's able to bring when he's out there on a down-to-down basis. Now, he you know, he talks about the study that he put in on different pass rushers, uh, whether it be um, – um, Vaughn Miller from Denver or whether it be some guys from the past, you know, how you, you know, you get low, you turn the corner, how you transition from speed to power. So you saw some of that yesterday because a couple of times he just basically walked the offensive tackle back into Cam Newton's lap, just mm-hmm. overpowered him because he probably speed rushed him a couple of times and then he catches him off balance with the speed and hits him with the power and just shoves him back. Uh, able to come up and and he spent a lot of time in the Carolinas backfield disrupting Cam Cam Newton yesterday. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, now unfortunately for Paul Kruger, it comes at Paul Kruger's expense. He's out with a back injury, but it's nice to know that if it comes to that, Kasim Edibali remains the guy that he looked like he was in training camp. Kobe Flaner's gotten some flack uh, so far in his Saints career, but John here, I can't help but think that, shoot, in just these two wins, but maybe most importantly yesterday, this is the Kobe Fleener that the Saints had hoped for in signing him. Well, they kept saying, you know, this is a guy who's good on seam routes. And this is a guy who, who when you looked at him on film in Indianapolis, all you kept saying was, well, he's open. Well, he's open. He's open. Well, now we're seeing some of those things. Uh, that touchdown catch yesterday uh, in a tremendous amount of traffic where Drew Brees says, look, I, I threw it to him. He's, he's running the right route, and I don't know what – the heck happened around him. Everybody else got in there, and I don't know why they were in there. But Fleener, you know, the concentration on that, when you look back at it, it's like he could have easily been distracted, and that could have been a ball on the ground or interception, intercepted. But he made a really nice catch. Uh, and then, of course, you know, all the all the, you know, all the the trash in the background washes everything away when guys bump into each other like the Three Stooges and everybody goes down. And he's basically running by himself. But nice catch on the play. So, yeah, he looks like he's getting into a better rhythm with Drew Brees. We saw him with a 100-yard game earlier. I think that was against Atlanta. Uh, played decent against San Diego. Then yesterday he plays uh, very well uh, in, in the win. And, you know, the two-yard touchdown, you know, showed off the speed on the sweep. And uh, <laughs> he surprised me. That was a yeah, little end look, around. There, they threw it. Yep. Look, I don't nobody, you know, outside of the Saints, obviously, but nobody's expecting something like that on the goal line on fourth down. Yeah. So that turns out to be a huge play uh, for Kobe Fleener. But, yeah, he looks like he's getting more and more comfortable with his role. I haven't even brought up Brandon Cooks yet. Uh, we've got about two minutes left. Your other impressions, takeaways from Sunday. Uh, well, if we're going to talk about Brandon Cooks, he is what he is, man. I mean, he, he can run. And if you don't get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage, and if you get Drew Brees time, then he's going to run by somebody. 
uh, unless you're 10 yards back and you start, you know, and you don't backpedal, you retreat. Otherwise, he's going to run by you. Oh, yeah. The, the D-back <laughs> dropped his hips and sat just for a half second, and yeah. that was it. And and he's he's really phenomenal that way. Um, you know, the thing you like, what you don't like from yesterday, obviously, and something the Saints are obviously going to stress, you know, the 21 rushing attempts for 63 yards. That's not a great per carry average. But even more than that, the attempts aren't there. And that's what this team wants to get to. They want to get the attempts. Now, some of that happens because – you know, you aren't you're not on the field as long as an offense when Brandon Cooks catches an eighty seven yard touchdown pass. So instead of a twelve play ninety yard touchdown drive, you got a three play <laughs> ninety yard touchdown drive. So, you know, you take away some game some 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 plays in the running game that way. But um, you know, you like of course you like what you saw offensively other than that. That's nitpicking, you know, when you're talking about putting up five hundred and twenty three yards. But the defense you know, a lot to like in the first half, and then it just kind of flattens out in the second half. And, you know, look, let's, let's give Carolina credit. Let's not pretend that they're playing against the Boys and Girls Club, okay? They're playing against professional teams that make adjustments, that have great athletes. Cam Newton, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, so Greg Olson, Greg Kelvin Olson, Benjamin. And, I mean, they got weapons. And, and look, <laughs> look, buried underneath a lot of that, Cam, Cam Newton rolls left and throws a jump pass for a TD. And it, I don't know if it's five, six yards, whatever it is. But it's one of the plays that I don't know who can make other than him. And that's the kind of guy that your defense is going up against. I think the defense played phenomenal for him. Now, you, you know, you, of course, they're always searching for consist consistency, and that's what you got to get to. You got to get to a consistent level defensively where you can even it out and play that way through the whole game. But, you know, lights out in the first half for, pretty much for the defense. Yeah. So that's where they got to pick up. You know, the, the last half against San Diego – and the first half against Carolina, you put those two together, and that's four of the best quarters they played. But they've got to surround that and do it all in one game as opposed to one half in one game and one half in another game. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, Thomas Morstead, the usual great performance yesterday. Tommy Lee Lewis with a huge punt return. Special teams, pretty good. And Will Lutz, of course. We didn't even talk. How do you not? How do we not talk about the game winner? We go, yeah. we go almost 15 and a half minutes into this visit. We don't even bring up Will Lutz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on us. Yeah, that tells you that tells you that tells yeah. you the kind of game it, it was. was. Clutch, right? Yeah, yeah. As advertised, yeah. more to come of that. Yeah, I mean, he, obviously, this builds up his confidence, and that's the confidence uh, Coach Payton's had in him. Now he's now now he's shown that he can do it. Your teammates get more confidence in you, and more than that, you get the confidence in yourself. The 53 yarder that he missed earlier, I don't know what happened on that one. Looked awful. He hit it fat. You could hear it. I yeah. mean, when he hit it, it just sounded just, horrible. Just, you know, but but the game winner, for them to say, look, we're not – we got enough confidence in you to where we're going to milk this thing now. We want this to be the game winner, and it's going to be on your foot. And once we get to in 50 yards, we feel comfortable. Yep. I mean, that's huge for big, a kicker. Big, big, big. All right, on to Kansas City. Tough place to play this weekend. Boy, I tell you what, I can't read the Chiefs. They get destroyed by the Steelers, and then they go out yesterday and just put a whipping – on, uh, I guess it was the Raiders out west. On the road. Yeah, on the, on road. the road in a in a quagmire in Oakland. Uh, more on that later. Obviously, we got to keep an early eye on this week on the left tackle situation. Andrew Speed unable to finish yesterday. Reported it was a groin injury. We don't know for sure from the team. Is Teron Armstead close enough to be back? You know, all these things, I think that's one to watch this yeah, week. Yeah, and Teron didn't work last yeah. week, so, you know, not necessarily encouraging Tony Hills next on deck. If Tony Hills 
you know, I guess the, the transitional guy behind Tony Hills, or if you have to have another guy behind Tony Hills, Senio Kelamete, let's remember, started the season finale last year at left at tackle. At left tackle, right. So he'd okay. be able to play it. Here we go. New week, new storylines. Yeah. J.D., thanks. Never ends, man. Never ends. Fun day. More to come. We've got uh, some Pelicans still to talk about, too, on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Good stuff from John DeShazer about yesterday's Saints win over the Carolina Panthers. As promised, we are going to talk some Pelicans today, too. And as promised, point guard Tim Frazier is our guest on this Monday. Good to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, man, good seeing you. Yeah, welcome back from China. I don't think we've talked since you've returned. Yeah, man, we had a we had a, we had a blast out there. It was a good uh, team bonding trip. Unfortunately, we came away with two losses, but you know we learned from it, and I think we're going to continue to get better and get ready for the season. Let's break the trip apart into two different aspects here. Number one, just going to be a visitor in the country of China. Um, what did you? What did I guess? What stories will stay with you? You think the longest about visiting that country and those two cities? I think uh, one of the biggest things you probably ask around is uh, being able to see the Great Wall. You know, that's something that, you know, you don't get a, a lot of people don't get a chance to do, you know, but that's something that we were able to do as a team, got a team photo out there, a lot of photos and pictures and jokes and spent a lot of time on the Great Wall. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things. I have that experience and I'm able to take away, you know, tell my family, tell my kids when I have them. I've, I saw the pictures. I've seen pictures, you know, all my life. I've, heck, I've seen documentaries about about the Great Wall of China. But what what would I not be able to get my arms around or what could I not appreciate since I've never been there in person like you have? I think, I think the view and I think what it takes to get up there. You know, you, you, when you think about the Great Wall, you're like, oh, man, just walk it up, man. It took us, it took us a while, man. We, we went up to the hills, a couple of hills, and then we, were able, we had to get on, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, a slope. You know, like when you go uh, snowboarding or skiing, they send you up the, what's it called, the train. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ski lift, ski lift, ski lift type thing. And I was, you know, for some guys, that was nerve wracking. You know, the guys in my car, we were all shaking like, man, it's key. It's because they started to pick up speed. And but I think when you get up there and just the the, the image that you're able to see, man, at the time we were up there, it was, it was in the morning, and, you know, it was cloudy, and you could see all the way through from, you know, the wall. And then you imagine it back, you know, in years back, I mean, they were fighting to protect this wall, and they built this wall to help them, you know, win. So it was, it was you could just imagine yourself putting yourself in a fight right there. Would you be able to stand there and protect it? What else? I mean, I know that you've traveled before, but I don't know if it's ever been to a place where – you don't even know how to read the language, let alone yeah. speak or understand the language. Yeah, I think that was an, that was another thing. You know, sometimes you want to try to be able to order things, or and it was harder for them to understand what we were saying, and for them for we to understand what they were saying. But you know, you had you go with patience, and you know, you, you learn from that experience because you know the cultures are different. You know, they speak an entire different language. The way they do things are entirely different. And for those seven to eight days, we were. You know, trying to learn that. At least I was. I was trying to learn their culture and do the things that they do. How bad was the flight to and from? Oh man, I, I don't like long flights, so you know it was it was bad for me. But I tried to sleep most of it and then stay up so that you would be on the time zones. And you know, I'm still on the flight back. It was the straight straight thirteen fourteen hours is tough, but I'm still trying to get it back in back in you know America and the time zones and being able. To, I'm waking up at at 12 o'clock and staying up all night trying to, you know, get back to a regular. But, you know, I know that'll come, and, and you can't take that experience away. Are you, I guess the bottom line is this. Are you glad you and your team were able to do this trip? Yeah, of course, man. Anytime you be able to, you know, go away with your teammates and spend some time, you know, away where it's just basketball and just you guys and, and being able to share that experience in, in a different place, different food, different experience, different sightseeing, shopping. And, you know, we spent a lot of time together, and, you get to you know learn and learn some things about guys that you probably didn't know. <laughs> Did you like everything you learned? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are gonna be some some good and bad, but you know some things. I'm I'm, I'm sure people were getting annoyed with each other by the end of the trip, spending you know night in and night out with the teammates. But a lot of for the most part, it was all good, good fun and games, and you know spend some time together. What about the basketball? How the team do? Um, and where is this team right now as we head into a pretty important week? I think our goal, you know, as a team, is to try to be get better every day you know we know we're not gonna you don't want to hit our peak right now and I think that showed and and stretches in those two games and man some of those stretches man we play great basketball and some you know not so good but you know as a team we got to try to have more great stretches than bad and try to stop their runs man Houston's a great team especially offensive team and those they can score with the best of them and we we have to slow them down in certain certain aspects and so we want to continue to get better you know we got two more preseason games we want to try to get it Best we can be this week before going into where the games count. I, I, I swear I, I hear Coach Gentry saying transition defense in my sleep. I can't imagine how you all are dealing with it. He's really harping on that, isn't he? Yeah, that was huge, especially going against, you know, Coach, you know, knew we were playing Houston in the next two games, and that's big on what, you know, what they try to do. They try to get quick shots, early threes or layups, and, you know, man, they're getting it out quick. And now we focused on getting back in transition defense. I think we, we improved from – those two games and you know Indiana and Dallas and before we went out to Houston as far as transition defense and we were and you can see we focused on it coach spent a lot of time that week you know and harping on getting back and we still right now still doing the same thing we continue to keep focusing on getting back so we don't give up easy baskets Tim Frazier with us Tim will leave today for Atlanta and Orlando for the final two preseason games you know I've been through I think 12 of these now um 
And so it's different every time, depending on the age of the roster and everything else. But as far as these two preseason games go, am I going to see a real ramp up to the regular season or am I going to see something different? What's your take on how this week will play out? I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my first preseason here. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really just uh, – I expect that we're going to try to – we're going to go out there. I know one thing we'll do, we'll go out there and we'll play hard and try to defend the, the best of our abilities and go out there and try to win. Right. But at the end of the day, you got to be – you want to be the best team you can be that day and continue to get better. And that's all we're going to focus on throughout these two games. You know, I know we got some guys banged up. You know what I mean? We won't be at full strength. But, you know, I know we'll go out there and continue to play hard. I saved the uh, tough question for the last. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Look, uh, and understandably so, a lot of fans are nervous about how this team is heading to the regular season. You know, you guys get back from China and there's more injury news. And as you said, uh, look, they're preseason games, but – you lost to it at Houston. So is there anything that you could say to them or, or that they should maybe look at differently heading into this final week of the preseason that would help them understand as to, to what's happening with this team right now? I think the biggest thing is what I've been harping on this whole time is that, man, we're, we're getting better. And even in our practices, as I can start to see, I mean, these practice, the practice we had today and, and the one we, we had since getting back from China, they've been, in my opinion, they've been better than what we've had before. So we're getting better. We're getting to know each other more, you know, we're getting, you know, like you said, when we first started in the first preseason, we six, seven new guys on the team. Everybody's trying to fill their own spots, starting to make out their roles. And I think now, man, roles are starting to sit in. Guys are starting to know what their positions are going to be and what they're going to ask and need to do for us to win. And like you said, we got guys banged up, man. You know, our main guy banged up, you know, with a, with a twisted ankle. But I know when he comes back, he'll be full force. Each one will be full force when he comes back. And, you know, Terrence as well, he missed some games out there, the two games in China. So, you know, once we get guys healthy and until then, man, we'll continue to fight hard. And that's the only thing got the people looking in and watching the games. And, you know, I think one of our biggest things and what Coach will say is that we want our team, that team out there is playing hard and they're fighting to win. Fair enough. Hey, uh, after a 19-hour flight to China, 14 hours or so, 15 hours coming back, um, I promise you we'll be in Atlanta in less than an hour and 15 today. That's the plan. I, I like these short, quick trips. Get on a plane and then – Shut your eyes for maybe 10 minutes and then you land. Have a great week. Appreciate it. Tim Frazier with us here from the Pelicans. We'll wrap up today's Black and Blue Report in just a moment. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun, and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken, all to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. 
We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Good show on this Monday. Again, thanks to head coach Sean Payton, Tim Frazier from the Pelicans, and our own John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, John and I did kind of a deep dive there on yesterday's win. There were so many great storylines and numbers and players to talk about. Uh, it, was a, it was a good visit. Hopefully we'll have another one like that maybe a week from today. That would be outstanding. Uh, we'll be on the road the, the next couple of days. Actually, tomorrow's Black and Blue Report will originate from here uh, in Metairie with Daniel Salerson hosting. Jake Seely, as always, to get you ready for your fantasy football a week ahead. And uh, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Then Black and Blue Report uh, on the road at Orlando on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll be with the Pelicans there, but we'll also be, obviously, uh, hitting the uh, Saints Chiefs preparations hard on Wednesday and Thursday. Hope you'll join us. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.